welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one transcendent page of Talmud every day. Our page today is Pesachim 10, and in it we have the opportunity to talk about one of the things that I always thought was one of the most interesting things about faith, which, of course, is doubt. G.K. Chesterton, the famous English Catholic writer and occasional habitual, you know, doubter of the Jews, wrote once famously that really only religious people truly understood the meaning of doubt, which for a long time struck me as a strange proposition. But then I think I kind of got what Chesterton was saying. If you're not part of a faith tradition, you may think that what people who truly believe do is basically just say, amen to everything that they read and they hear that has to do with their faith. If you are part of the faith tradition and you practice it intricately, you understand just how complicated it is and just how much room it leaves for you to ask questions because you understand walking in that you can't ever really be sure, at least not sure of the big propositions, not sure ever of the idea of God, which by definition is unknowable. And so you start thinking and asking other questions like the ones we ask in today's page. Here's an example. Rava raised a dilemma with regard to a related case. If one saw a mouse enter with a loaf in its mouth, and he saw a mouse leave with a loaf in its mouth, what is the halacha? The Gemara elaborates, do we say that this mouse that entered is the same mouse that left and there is no more leaven left in the house? Or perhaps it is a different mouse. Twas the night before Pesach and all over the house, a mouse runs in with a little bit of chametz or a little bit of leavened bread, and you need to figure out, is there still leavened bread in the house? Doubt is everywhere. Who do we turn to when we have big questions? Who do we turn to when we really need the kind of theological underpinnings explained to us? We turned to our teacher and our dear friend, Rabbi David Bashevkin. Hello. How are you, Liel? What a joyous introduction. What a lovely quote from G.K. Chesterton who I I wish I knew more about, but I always love his pithy quotes, and I'm so excited to discuss this with you today. Well, he was a man who took orthodoxy seriously. His was different than ours, but I think he would have appreciated the page today because because the page today delivers these scenarios that at some points could be read, you know, almost comically, like mice running in and out of houses with pieces of leaven just before Pesach, and you're trying to figure out, hey, is this the mouse that I just saw running in that just ran out? But I think it opens up a wider question, which is the question of certainty and the thing that we know for certain being that there is very little that we could actually know for certain, which presents a problem, the problem of doubt and its place in the life of the faithful. I was wondering if you could help shed a little light on what role does doubt play in religious life? So I think this is really like one of the founding questions that relates to the entire infrastructure of contemporary Jewish life and is the founding question that the world of the Mishnah arose from. If you look at the world that the Mishnah was created, there were really like two paths in front of Judaism. There was the group of rabbis who were interpreting and applying the principles of the Mishnah. And then there were other breakoffs of other breakoffs from Judaism, whether it was actually Christianity, early Christianity, and certainly many other of the offshoots from what has become known as rabbinic Judaism, who were all grappling with this question. And the, and, and the founding question is, 
what do we do now that we no longer live in a world that has clear prophecy and open miracles that we see described in all of the Bible and our prophetic works? And there are basically like two paths that chart out ahead of you. One of them is to basically wait and be patient and wait for the return of that prophetic world that allowed you to have that clarity and that certainty in approaching religious life. And that's the path that was one of the founding principles of Christianity, to allow this return to clarity and by kind of submitting yourself to this godly figure uh, will therefore be able to reintroduce that clarity and that salvation into the world. Rabbinic Judaism took a decidedly different path. They did not say, let's wait for prophecy to come back. In fact, they said, prophecy is not going to be the path that gets us to salvation and gets us the answers we need. What will do that is creating a religious ethic, a religious ritual that is able to operate in a world without such clarity. And that is why the principles of doubt take on such a central role throughout the Talmud. And I bet we're going to have this conversation a thousand other times because these two paths really unrolled, whether, you know, you want to quote Carl Jasper's famous notion of the axial age when society began to shift away from prophetic revelation, or you want to just use the terms that we have now in front of us of what the birth of doubt this is something that was unique to that time, and the way Jewish world looks at doubt and these principles, whether it's chazaka, the notion that you have this prior status that allows you to govern how you're going to do things, whether it's a rove, which allows you to operate based on the majority, it looks at a world that is surrounded by doubt and develops principles that actually liberate religious life and say doubt doesn't have to make you frozen in time waiting for clarity waiting for a prophetic voice to come down it could be almost playful right i mean reading in today's page i mean all this examples with the mice at some point the rabbis say well you know if you saw a white mouse going in and a black mouse coming out hey man clearly not the same mouse which i read almost kind of like as a joke right they're, they're, they're sort of having fun and telling you in a way lean into the doubt yeah, I think there is a playfulness that surrounds all of doubt and the way that the Talmud operates. I mean, anytime the Talmud kind of ends off on a doubtful place, it kind of says, teku, you know, meaning like, let it stand, like live with the doubt. And even the word teku comes from the word tikkun, which means to fix, to heal, to rectify. And that means that just because we're standing and kind of wallowing in our own mousy doubt, black mice, white mice, different loaves of bread, different types of meat, all kind of joined together, it's saying don't get frozen in doubt. But there are principles that live within us, that live within our national tradition, our collective tradition, that allows you to be liberated from this doubt and to continue moving, rectifying, and healing your tradition. Rabbi Beshevkin, I have no doubt that everyone listening today could use a reminder that, you know, you really should never be frozen by doubt. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much. And thank you for that doubt pun. It goes a long way. <laughs> This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. 
If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.